listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, mini episode number 47. Okay, the Lord's here with the one, the only, the... How are you feeling right now, John Brownstone? Pretty good. Good. You've been a little antsy. We've been recording for a while this morning, y'all. We're time travelers. Yeah. Uh, and you've like up and down and move around and a little... Yeah. A little... Uh, little, little cool. We're having cool weather. For these five for, minutes. For these five minutes here in Florida and... I'm feeling a little bit. Yeah, and we record in the coldest room in the house, so <laughs> there's that as well. Uh, a big thanks to our kinky patrons over at patreon.com slash Lords for making this episode possible. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about a few red flags to be aware of in any power exchange relationship, regardless of role. Welcome to the Loving BDSM Podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Loving BDSM, on FetLife at Loving BDSM PC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, uh, Loving DS in the number one, so that's at Loving DS1, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash Loving BDSM. All links are in the show notes, and the show notes can be found at lovingbdsm.net. Just a reminder that our annual mate patreon membership drive how what are words i don't know mm-hmm. is going on now through february 15th if you become a member or stay one during this time you're going to get fun goodies sent to you in the mail in march based on whichever tier you are in during the drive if you sign up for an annual membership during the drive you're going to get two months free normally it's one month free um, if you don't want to do an annual membership and want to do month to month and don't have a lot, that's okay. You can sign up for as little as $2 per month. Uh, You'll get extra content, extra access to us and other fun perks. Uh, To learn more about the membership drive and what, how it all works and what we're offering, or to just sign up, go to patreon.com slash killalords. That's patreon.com slash killalords. Uh, so we're going to talk about red flags and these tend mm. to get me heated. I'm going to actually try not to rant because we are trying to keep this these is, shorter. This is a mini-sode, yes. Right, right, right. Um, the thing I want to start out with, we don't say this very often and I, I sometimes forget it because when I think about red flags, I think about abusers, predators, the people who are using BDSM as an excuse when really they just want to treat people like shit. And yes, that is absolutely a thing that can come from these red flags. And sometimes that is exactly who you're dealing with. But I think it's also important to remember that sometimes when you see a red flag, a red flag is a warning sign that this person is not necessarily a, an abuser or a predator in a intentional sense. Um, it can mean that they are not educated at all, that they are not good for you, that they, you are not aligned on the same path at all, and that you don't need to be in this relationship. Um, and cause, and I say that because after we do these episodes, anytime we do anything about red flags, I always get somebody who's like, Oh, I, I recognized myself in one of those red flags. That's something I used to do. And here's why I did it. And they talk about how they didn't understand some concept of BDSM or they were really mm-hmm. wrapped up in the fantasy. And I will give a little bit of grace to people like that, because if you can yeah. recognize that you're doing something wrong and change your behavior and learn to do better, that's a good sign. Right. That does not mean that the person who had to live through your red flag should have mm-hmm. stuck around. They were absolutely right to get the hell out. I mean, that that's that's a little to. caveat there with red flags. Yeah, not everybody is, is a predator. I mean, let's face it, a lot of people um, coming into lifestyle – they find their way, you know, through um, places like Tumblr where they've seen, you know, images, mm-hmm. um, erotica, sure. porn, you know, which is is good in its own way, but is unrealistic. Absolutely. In, in, in many ways. 
Um, I know some uh, erotic authors um, over over the years have been working to correct that to do a more realistic, yeah, um, you know, version or to of kink be very erotica. Clear before you start reading or taking in. Uh, content that this is fantasy don't try this in real life right. this is not how this works in real right. life you um, know, so so somebody can be coming into the lifestyle and not have an understanding not have right. the the background and education right and the thing i want to be clear here though is you might be dealing with that person who's exhibiting red flags you are under zero obligation to stick around and be the one to educate them and wait through that mm-hmm. red flags are an indication that something is wrong and many times when they're serious red flags, especially that, you know, impact your health, well-being, safety, all of that, get the hell out. Let them go learn on their own and maybe be a better partner for somebody else. You do not have to survive these red flags and stick through it and help them become a better kinkster. Uh-uh. You're not under any obligation. You take care of you and let them figure out, oh shit, I did a bad. Let me figure mm-hmm. out how to do better next time. And then that'll be to the benefit of the next person they meet. And that's great for them. Yeah. We take care of ourselves here. We, you know, we don't have to sacrifice ourselves on the altar of a potential future better relationship with this person that is like causing problems. Like, true, nah, true. Nah. so um, there are a shit ton of red flags out in the world. And sometimes one person's red flag might not be another person's red flag. This list is based on a lot of things we've seen, a lot of things people have told us about, um, but it is not the only list of red flags. Like other things can absolutely be added to this list. So this is a starting point if you're not mm-hmm. sure. And also um, for anybody whose fingers are, oh, on the keyboard waiting to send me an email about a person they're with and everything they want to tell me about that person is a laundry list of red flags. Uh, if I if you recognize any of these things, just yeah, yeah, the, those relationship issues that you're wondering, is this normal, is this okay? I'm about to tell you, no the fuck it's not. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. So let's get into this list. While Lola demands love and affection from from JB. Uh, if you hear a snorty sound, that is her grunting while he rubs her ears, which, you know, same. I make a similar noise if you rub my ears uh, or other body parts. Um, hi, Lola, for making your, your podcast entrance. Right. We need to get you your own damn mic. Yep. Okay. So All right. Are we ready? Sure. Number one, if then statements. So these are statements that are meant to um, shame you, guilt you, invalidate you. Um, if you are were a real submissive, then you would insert thing that I think you should do that you said you don't want to do or you're not you're not into. If you really cared about me, then you'd do the thing you already said no to, said you weren't comfortable about. Have, you know, made it clear you're not into this. Um, I don't know another. Those are examples of basically emotional manipulation. I'm going to tell you that something about you might not be real or valid because you're not doing the thing I decided Mm -hmm. that you should do. Um, They do tend to sound like if then statements because you hear a, well, real submissives do this and you're not doing this. The implication being, oh, you're not a real submissive. Mm -hmm. If the person you are with is making you feel bad when you set a boundary, state a preference, tell them you have a hard limit, have to tell them no, that you won't do the thing, 
and they're pushing and they're trying to get, they're trying to say things that they hope will make you say yes after you have already said no thanks or I'm not into it or we're not doing that. That is a red flag. It is absolutely a manipulation tactic. Okay. Number two, looking for loopholes. I'm going to, I I know, I'm going to turn it over to you because I know you have the closest thing I've ever gotten to a JB rant is when we read about a loophole that somebody found. And that's why this gets included on this list because (laughs) we don't get JB rants often. So go ahead. What is the loophole that you found that drove you absolutely fucking nuts? Oh, see, I don't, I don't remember that right Mm. now, but but I, I was do. I was going to say, you know, wouldn't that be a red flag on you? Because you're always looking for loopholes. No, 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 oh, no. oh, OK. That's why examples are important. <laughs> do I, in the fun spirit of a sassy submissive, point out to you where you might not have thought through something and you left a gaping loophole? Yes. <laughs> yes, but I understand the spirit of a rule and will still follow it. So I will pull point out the loophole and give you the opportunity to close it. However, this one, I can't believe you don't remember this because you went on a tear about it. The example that comes to mind and makes me think, made me think about this most was we were doing a Reddit reaction episode. I can't remember which episode y'all oh. was ages ago. And the example was the the couple had the woman in the, the couple, the submissive in the couple had a clear stated boundary, had said it multiple times. Yes. You, you cannot bite me. Do not bite me. In the middle of like hot, wild, kinky sex, they go, do whatever you want to me. Motherfucker who's calling himself a top has yeah. bit that person. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Then, of course, killed the the mood. And then when they were, the submissive was rightly upset, was like, why did you bite me? That's a hard limit. And motherfucker went, oh, well, you said anything goes. And we called that looking for a loophole. Right. You had steam coming out of your ears over that You're right. And you're right. And I did, yeah, it slipped my mind. But yes, that, that, you know, something like that is not an excuse. Um, to, to put it in a little different terms, but, you know, the same difference, so to speak. Um, years ago, I knew somebody who loved men's belts, um, but they loved them if they were used to bind them. Mm-hmm. They loved them if they were put around and used as a leash. Mm-hmm. Don't ever, ever hit them with a belt. Right. That is a huge trigger for them a big hard limit so it would be the same thing if you if you know doing it doing something with them and they were to say do whatever you want Mm -hmm. that is not an open invitation to to smack them with that belt right okay you know a, a, a boundary is a boundary is a boundary and and you know a statement like that is not to be used as a loophole it goes back to the first one which is you're looking for ways of getting around mm-hmm. boundaries or limits or pushing against those boundaries or limits right you're in this case you're actively not you're not you might be hearing what they're saying but you're not listening because there is a difference sometimes between the spirit of a thing and the actual technical words used and if you're going to focus only on the technical words used and not ask clarifying questions like if you see that there's a loophole ask a question Mm -hmm. or if you realize in talking about this later you're like wait you said you didn't like this 
but what about this? What about in this situation? That's where clear communication comes in. The person who will see the loophole, see the moment where you didn't perfectly state what you meant, even though they kind of understand what you mean, or mm -hmm. simply just disregard all your boundaries anyway, and you know, push through to get what they want. It's a massive red flag. It's a lack yeah. of consent. Um, it's a lack of care for the other person. Nothing is harmed by taking two seconds to stop and go, hey, wait, uh, I know you said this, but what about in this situation? What about mm -hmm. in this scenario? What had, you know, are you okay with this? Like checking in and asking clarifying questions right. and getting and a person to explain more fully is what you should do. And and here's, here's another thing too. You negotiate a scene and partway through the scene, one or the other says, you know, oh, I want you to do this, do this. Uh, no, that is not what we negotiated. Right. If, you know, let's get through this scene as we as we talked about it. Do what we're doing, and if down the road you want to do another scene and we incorporate that, we will negotiate it at that point. Right. And to clarify, that's for when you want to add a thing that was not negotiated. Right. If you want a thing to stop, then that's different. You can be yeah. like, I need this to stop. But if you're like, oh, we're doing a rope bondage scene, and in the middle of that scene, you're like, also, once you've tied me up, can you like spank me with this wooden paddle until I cry? It is your prerogative to like figure out how you're going to negotiate that real quick. But the safest option is usually to go, we can negotiate that scene when this scene's done. Mm -hmm. We'll save that for next time. Let's do what we agreed to do here. Partly because sometimes as a bottom or a submissive, you might be in the throes of subspace or, right. or just ecstasy. And you might not be thinking clearly. And how can you advocate for yourself? if you're under sort of that influence. Some experienced bottoms and subs can. Like if you've been doing this 20 years and or you've been with the same partner for years and years and y'all have got this sort of pattern, that's that you've got a lot more leeway. But brand new partners and new relationships, uh-uh. Save it for the next time. Yep. Okay, brings us to number three, lies of omission. Oh, I have, okay, look, in, in my not proud moments, have I used a lie of omission? Yes. Are there times socially or for safety you use a lie of omission? Absolutely. Lies of omission in power exchange is specifically is what I always think of it is bullshit because what's happening is you are not giving the person the information they need to make the decision that is right for them. The example mm -hmm. that uh, we've used before on this um, and it happens a lot. Uh, two people meet online, they start talking, they start chatting. Maybe they are getting to see one another in person. Maybe it's all long distance, whatever. They're going, they think well for several months. And then at some point along the line, they find out that the other person was married. And the, the mm -hmm. email I can think of, poor person was like, I said something to them about why didn't you tell me you were married? That's important to me. I would not have gotten into this with you if you, if I knew that. Yep. The the brat bastard was like, well, you didn't ask. There's certain information that should not have to be requested from you. Your relationship status with another human being, and that's whether you're calling yourself monogamous or you're trying to be in an right. open relationship or what. I was gonna say, I just read, came across a thing the other day on, on FET. Someone who is monogamous got into a relationship with somebody and after they developed a relationship, number of months down the road, they find out, oh, this person is poly and has other people. 
and I'm going to say, actually, if you can't tell the monogamous person that you're poly, are you really poly? Yeah. But that's a, that's a debate for another day. Um, the thing is, these lies of omission come from the a place of, oh, if I tell you this information that you have not specifically asked for, you're going to make a decision I don't want you to make. It's back to emotional manipulation. You won't date me if you know that I'm married. You won't be in a scene with me if you know I'm brand new to this, right? Um, you know, you won't choose me if you find out I'm 40 years older than you instead of the 20 years older. Like mm -hmm. those details, if the detail would impact the decision the other person is making, you not sharing it, one, it's a lie of omission. Two, it's another manipulation tactic because you're trying to get what you want out of this person without letting them know the full information of, of that they need to know to make the decision, right? Right. Like if you're a brand new kingster, just fucking say you're a brand new kingster. If you're married, fucking say you're married. There are people. I personally, outside of open relationships where things are discussed and negotiated and clear understanding and boundaries, I am not impressed when um, married people cheat on a spouse to go get their kink on. It's not a choice I'm gonna make, but I also understand that other people would make a different choice. I know you're married because you told me you're married, but you're not getting your kink life from that spouse. You're gonna get it from me and I'm gonna offer that to you and be that partner for you. But I at least am making that decision with eyes wide open that you are married. Mm -hmm. There are absolutely people out there yeah. who, who are down for that, who will do that. I will make personally make a different decision, but other people just wanna fucking know because if it comes out and it will always come out eventually, the immediate next question the other person's got to ask themselves is what else have you not told me? Right. And especially when it's a, a, it's keeping information from somebody so that they can make a full consensual informed choice. You yeah. don't, you take that away from somebody, it's a red flag. Mm -hmm. If somebody has taken that away from you, it's a red flag. Yep. Okay, now number four, not sharing biographical information. Let's start with the caveat on this one. You are under no obligation to immediately share all your bi biographical information with somebody upon first meeting. You get to keep yourself safe and you get to have privacy, mm -hmm. okay? We are back to talking about the information that somebody needs to know to feel like they're really in this relationship. So the example I like to give of this, because God, it happens too often. <laughs> you meet, again, usually online. Maybe you meet in person and you start off with your scene name, your FetLife name, like the name you use for your kink life that is not your legal name, because you don't know this person yet and they have not established that trust. And you go forward and you feel like you're developing a relationship and you're talking about some of the most intimate details of your life, your sex life, your kink life, your mind, your body, like you're talking about the real, real stuff. And then as happens all too often, when I get these emails, you have told them your name, where you live, how old you are, what kind of work you do, blah, 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 certain details. And you're eight, nine months in a year in and you don't know their first name. That is a red flag. Yep. Now you can both mutually agree that you're gonna maybe keep this completely online and you'd like to just use scene names and you can have that conversation to go, I don't want it, I want this to be separate from that part of my life. I would prefer not to share those details. I don't need to know yours, that's fine. You can have that conversation and explain yourself to literally that depth is fine. 
and give and make sure the under per, other person understands that you know that under different circumstances this would be information you would share but you're making a choice not to share that at this time or ever that's fine but when we're thinking we're establishing a legit power exchange relationship with somebody and they're happily taking in all of your information you're willing to share that because you think you have developed the uh, the trust and integrity and that they're like really in this with you and you look back and you know nothing Hmm. and they're not telling you why they don't want to talk about that or why they're not sharing that yet that is a red flag to me it screams i'm a fake i'm a poser i've probably got about 20 other people on the side i'm playing this game with and this is a game to me that i have read just enough or seen just enough i can use the right words and you think you're we're developing something here and i'm just going to do this until i get bored that is how i read that okay and finally number five temporary ghosting i would love to both hug and shake simultaneously if i could the people out there who will email and go so usually it's a dom but doesn't have to be it can be a sub so they stopped texting me for three weeks and responded to nothing and and they're back in in, in my dms now and they're talking to me again is that normal um Sadly, it's a little too typical, but it's not right. It being normal doesn't make it right. Mm -hmm. It temporary ghosting is the, they didn't just disappear forever. They disappear for stretches of a time, come back with zero explanation or the same sad excuse every time. Maybe they promise to do better. Maybe they come back like it's nothing and you should just be grateful they're there. And you get nothing in terms of, oh my gosh, I was sick for a week. Oh my gosh, I had a business trip. Oh. We, you know, this is, there's also, and I went through this and does happen for some subs and sub frenzy. They didn't text me back within an hour. Well, sometimes baby, they can't, okay? Sometimes they've got work or they've got kids or they're driving somewhere or they had to go to the grocery store or their phone died. We're not talking about that. We're talking about those unexplained stretches of time whether it's a day or two, or it's a week or two, or shit, I've even seen it as long as a month or two, and then they come back and act like nothing's wrong. This is not okay. Especially if you have established a routine and they do this and they just fall away and then come back when they damn well feel like it. You are being put on an emotional roller coaster that they don't appear to be on and what are we doing here? Hmm. What are we doing here? Um, I think in... I think there should be some level of grace for people who shit happens and they can't text back as fast as you want. I also recognize that sometimes, again, many times, subs and sub frenzy, and I have been here, (laughs) we are impatient and we are desperate for the connection and we worry and we're not secure in the relationship. And we can kind of be like a little over needy on this of, but you didn't text me back within an hour. What that's a little much for some people. Sometimes they can't do that. And if they are straight up with you and go, I, you know, I will not be able to text back uh, within this amount of time, or I've got this thing going on. That's where if you're the person who Dom or sub, who's in that situation of your partner's like, but you're not texting back fast enough. You've got to have clear boundaries and communication about what is going on. Right. But if you've developed a habit where you're talking and talking and they just fade the fuck away 
and won't talk to you about it and don't apologize for it or they keep apologizing but they're not changing behavior or it's making you feel bad or whatever 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 mm-hmm. that is the red flag yep you got anything Mm, i think you you covered it well i went on very calm rants you did it's a little strange i didn't controlled rants controlled yeah i didn't blow off any steam Mm -hmm. i feel like people are gonna go kayla yelled at us this week and maybe i did a little bit but it was done in love there you go it's done in love yeah so the um red flags we've mentioned are i want to do a recap real quick because that's a lot of talking for a mini sode if then statements intended to make you feel bad or manipulate you Looking for loopholes in order to violate boundaries or stated limits or things you do or don't want. Lies of omission that would um, in any way impact, had you had the information, a decision you make. Not sharing biographical information when it makes sense to do so, when especially when you yourself are sharing some, some of that information. And temporary ghosting where people come in and go out and come in and give, and give you no, nothing satisfactory about mm-hmm. why that is happening. Those are the red flags that we are mentioning uh, this week. Uh, this one went a little long, but red flags tend to do that to me. Uh, we'll hopefully be back to our normal less than 20 minutes next week. We'll, we'll find out. We're time travelers. We don't know yet. Um, but thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.